Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's another episode of the Football Betting Show, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by the legendary handicapper Brandon Lang, who I am just going to rub in his face, uh, my Alabama pick, his Ohio State pick, uh, in just a minute. But I want to let you guys know, and that was great, because I hit Alabama in every such way on uh, Monday night. But we're going to get ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. Some would call it the best quality football weekend in all of football. We got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday here. Uh, reminder here at the Football Betting Show, we are brought to you by Bet Online, the Super Bowl right around the corner. So if you're looking to place a bet on any sport that's going on, not just football, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Plus, there's always the online casino because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Brandon, uh, tough weekend last weekend, huh? You know, I've done radio pretty consistently for, for 16 years since the movie came out, or 15 years since the movie came out. Uh, radio markets across the country. Been doing this for 30 years. And I've met people in my day-to-day travels that say, well, you always say, Brandon, I've heard you on radio, three things you can't handicap, penalties, turnovers, and coaching stupidity. And, um, you know, I came on the podcast last week, said I like Buffalo a little bit, wouldn't touch Crimea Rivers, uh, talked about the, the Washington Redskins and giving that defense that many points right side of the game. I said the the Ravens can't beat the Titans. They just don't match up. And then uh, finally I said, if the Saints don't belong with the Chicago Bears, there's something definitely wrong on the on the planet Earth. So that's kind of how I broke the four down. And then national championship game on Monday night, I just said that, just thought that was too many points to give Ohio State. So that, that's kind of the, the format. So then I sat back and I watched on, um, on Saturday. I obviously get on the wrong side of the game with the, the early game um, on Saturday which was Seattle and the Rams um, could not have been more disgusted in the game plan for Pete Carroll, Schottenheimer and Russell Wilson. It was atrocious on multiple levels. Um, give McVay credit out coach Pete Carroll on a level I've not seen until Sunday when Arthur Smith and Mike Rabel failed on multiple levels. And I'm not saying that, but if you would have told me before the game started that I have tight tights plus three and a half and their defense is going to hold the Ravens to 20 points and I'm not going to cover or, or tell you that, I, or tell you that the Titans would be up 10, nothing. Right. So, so it's amazing to me at that level, what separates great coaches from good coaches. And if you had put an eight man box in the box and Belichick and Brady were coaching Tennessee on Sunday, Brady would have went five. McDaniel would have went five wide and gutted them and forced that eighth man out of the box. Then they would have ran it. And Arthur Smith just kept running Derrick Henry into a brick wall and consistently set up second and nine, third and seven, and played right into the hands. John Harbaugh outcoached Mike Rabel. Oh, my God, it was embarrassing. But more importantly, Mike Arthur Smith in the second half of that game has only himself to blame for why the Titans aren't in Kansas City this week and Cleveland is up in Buffalo. 
But furthermore, Ryan Tannehill could be the most moronic and fucking clueless quarterback I have ever seen in a critical moment in my life. So let's say Brady or Aaron Rodgers or even Josh Allen walks in the line of scrimmage. It's second and five. You're down seven. Critical moment in the game. And you look over to your left and your best receiver, Devontae Adams, Julian Edelman, whoever it is out on the left. Josh Allen sees Diggs out on the left, man to man. And the safety is not helping over the top. And he looks at it and he sees it. And the snap comes. Where are you going? Because I sure as hell am not throwing to a three-foot, four-inch, fucking seventh-string wide receiver down the middle of the field that it gets picked off. And Brown beats him off the line of scrimmage, puts his left arm up for a touchdown, and Tannehill never looks that way. It was atrocious that they didn't cover. Oh, my God. I'm still, And here it is. It's literally five days later, and I'm still pissed about that game. Not not because I didn't win the game, but that I handicapped the game absolutely perfectly, saying that the Tennessee defense would play well enough and the offense would win the game and watch coaching and player stupidity full front. But that that's nothing that takes the cake to Monday night because you have 11 days to prepare for Alabama. You are a college football coach. You are a head football coach in Ryan Day and Kerry Combs, the defensive coordinator of, Alabama, uh, uh, of Ohio State. You had 11 days to prepare. And if you watch film of Alabama, if you play a soft cover two and keep everything in front of you, they're going to score 50. If you don't blitz, they're going to score 50. So the only way to take a chance to beat this team and get creative 11 days, two things. One, you double DeMonte Smith. You, You play a corner in front of him. You bring a safety over the top and you just go everywhere he goes and let everybody else beat you. Or B, you take a shot, you go press man coverage, you press him up at the line of scrimmage, you still roll the safety over on Devontae Adams, and you basically say, we are going to blitz blitz Mac Jones every single down and force this kid to make throw after throw after throw under pressure, under pressure, under pressure, under pressure. And if he does it for 60 minutes... Tip your cap and say, okay, we got beat. But that game plan that Ryan Day and Kerry Combs came up with, they are fucking stealing money. I would have fired Kerry Combs the next fucking day and Ryan Day the next day. Because you and that was as embarrassing a game plan as I have ever seen in my entire life in a big game. And I'm not saying that because I had Ohio State. Listen, BrandonLang.com, I had eight handicappers who picked the game. One guy had a total. One guy had... Uh, one guy had the total. I had Ohio State. The other six guys had Alabama. The website did great, man. They they nailed it. They had it. I don't mind losing, but lose with a fight. And you come out in the second half, and you do the same exact thing you did in the first half without Devontae Smith. And listen, you think Justin Fields is going to be successful in the NFL? Name one Ohio State quarterback that's gone on to the NFL and has been successful. Justin Fields will be just like all the rest. He's going to have to make a decision of, I'm gonna have to go play wide receiver in the NFL because you fucking suck. Well, the coaching—that's it. The coach that I'm firing is Mike Tomlin, and here's why: even after you, <laughs> the first snap of the game, you're down seven nothing. Which, if you have the Steelers like I did, it's just fucking pathetic. Right? I know right where you're going. I know okay, right where you're but, going. The, the fourth and two. Well, there's before that. 
Before the fourth and two, there's two inexcusable decisions that Mike Tomlin made. One is he goes for two after they score a touchdown, and then they don't get it. And then they score again, and he kicks the extra point to go down 12 instead of going for two to go down 11. At that point in the game, you're not just chasing points, you're chasing possessions, and you need to enable yourself to tie the game on just a touchdown, two-point conversion, and a field goal rather than two touchdowns. So not going for two there and actually accepting being down 12 was the most moronic coaching decision I've ever made. That's not analytics, that's just stupidity, Brandon. And then the fourth down. Dude, the fourth down. You just scored two touchdowns on the Browns, yep. and you all just the forced the them, and you just forced them to two straight three and outs. Yep, all the momentum. You the have to you go that. for it there, yes. because if your if your if your explanation is that I have faith in my defense to pin them deep, flip the field position, and get the ball back to my offense, still down two scores. Well, then you should have the same faith in your defense to get you the ball back if you yep. don't get a yard and a half on the 45-yard line. And if you don't get a yard and a half, you don't deserve to win that fucking game. But, dude, how do you not go for it on there? That is, to me, ah. two decisions Mike Tomlin made, not going down 11 and not kicking the – because being down 12 or 13 means nothing. You're still down two touchdowns. Being down 11 yeah. is the bonus. So not going for two there and not going for it on fourth down, I would have fired him. I have said for years, and people have – I've gotten heated debates with people about this. That in, in, in the history of the annals of professional football, I have – three coaches who I think are the most overrated coaches in NFL history. Okay. You ready? Number one, top of the list, Mike Ditka. Um, wasted. They should, with that defense and that core defense, they should have won four Super Bowls. Bringing in Doug Flutie and that whole nonsense, then going down to new Orleans and trading the whole world for Ricky Williams. And then number one, number two, Mike Tomlin. Um, Sub 500 or 500 playoff record. Only won the Super Bowl against Arizona because Arizona scored too quick to go up 23-20 and give Ben the ball back with 217 to go on the clock. And Santonio Holmes made and Kurt up and and Santonio Holmes and Santonio Holmes made arguably the greatest Super Bowl catch ever with the toe tap on the sidelines. But well, the 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 Manningham left side and the helmet catch are pretty good too, and the Edelman catch against Atlanta pretty good too. Um, and then. They lose to Green Bay in a game that they should have won. Um, he proves again that he fails on multiple levels. I will tell you this. You take Bill Bel- and I'm not a big Belichick fan, but you take Belichick and put him in that game on Sunday, or you give you put Belichick 11-0 with that team and not Mike Tomlin, that season plays out differently. Pittsburgh stuck with him for probably another three or four years until he decides to tire because they don't fire head coaches. I mean, they've had three in the last 60 years or whatever. Noel Cower or whatever. But, yeah, just I had a teaser. I had a teaser Buffalo and Pittsburgh. That's and what I had. that yeah. went down. So, yep. um, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you, you, you watch that Ohio State game just to close that thought, and you got Devontae Smith in the middle of the second quarter running right down the middle of the field on a third and eight with a linebacker on him for a touchdown. And you're like, how is that humanly possible that all your corners and safeties don't know where the Heisman Trophy winner is? And Steve Sarkeesian gets him isolated on a linebacker 
Are you fucking kidding me? If I, I swear to God, Kerry Combs, I don't know who you are. I don't know how you have a job. I don't know how you're not fucking washing my car when I pull it out of a car wash in Columbus, Ohio on Saturdays because you fucking suck. Well, and that's I, the end of that's the end of that. Ryan, listen, Ryan Day should be embarrassed. I want. He I, be- <laughs> I, listen, I, I get it. I'm happy. I hit Alabama in every single way you could hit Alabama. Great, don't even on go Monday. there. I'm happy. Let's let's get to the games. I don't need to rehash your big win and the six guys on my site that had the game. Congratulations. I listen. They buried me when they beat Clemson, and I had Clemson. They buried me when I took them against uh, against Alabama. So so good riddance. Well, it let's do let's do let's do the burying coming. this weekend, okay? Let's right, do the let's burying go. this weekend, and it starts on Saturday. And I'm telling you, I, I I'm curious to get your thoughts because I'm on I I know where I am on all four of these games, and everybody okay. I talk to seems to be on the exact same side as me with all four of these games. So before we break okay. them down individually, I'm just going to give you my four sides. My four sides. No. no? You want to go individually? Okay. okay. I'll give you my sides first since you and everybody else. Uh, no, you go first Okay. Today. So you go ahead because Every, I already know right. who my sides are. So go break I, it down. Here we go. Everyone in the world in, that I talk to is on my sides of these games, and I'm curious where you are. Packers covering against the Rams. Baltimore covering against Buffalo, Cleveland covering against KC, Tampa Bay covering against New Orleans. Wow. Let's go individually, wow. Brandon. <laughs> let's, God. Go, let's go. We'll start with let's start with the let's start with the Packers and the Rams. Um I don't think this game is going to be within a touchdown. I think the Packers are going to cover this one. Uh Jared Goff is still not 100% with the thumb. I don't think he's going to be able to throw the ball against this Packers defense. The, the the thing that you're hoping for, if you have the Rams here, is you're hoping for the defensive performance that you had last week against Russell Wilson, and you're hoping that that defense can stifle Aaron Rodgers. I don't see that happening because Aaron Rodgers is not Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers has been a man on a mission this year. He's the MVP. That team is great, and they are playing at home. 30-something degree weather. Sorry, Goff. Sorry, Rams. This one's not going to be close. Give me the Packers by more than a touchdown. Be careful. Okay. Keep keep, go, keep going. November 1st, Minnesota went into Green Bay and beat them 28-22. Vikings defense held them to 22 points. Next week, they beat up on a bad Niners team. Mm-hmm. November 15th, week 10, they should have lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars outright. They won the game 24-20. If you look at that game, you the could, Jags. You could under, and you could there. understand Jags, lack of motivation, though, playing the Jaguars. Are you, hold on. on. Are you just going to just – you can say motivation or not. You can say your defense isn't motivated. You can say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, they rushed for 80 yards on Jacksonville. Aaron threw for 315. They Listen, they struggled. I'm just they they they, they struggled. Okay? okay, okay. The defense took the day off. They, they they struggled. Okay, next week they go into Indianapolis. Their defense gives up 31 to Philip Rivers. They lose in overtime. They finish off the year playing the Bears twice, Philadelphia, Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee in the snow. Okay, that's how they finished the season. You're gonna lay points against the number one defense in the NFL. And you're trusting that that people think Green Bay's defense is this really great defense. Well, they are this really great defense when they're not facing an offense that can't run the ball, and they're facing an offense that that whose offensive coordinator's stagnant. 
Jared Goff learned something in the second half last week. And that's if it's not there, throw it away because the defense isn't going to lose the football game. And I will tell you this, okay? The only way Green Bay covers this game, I like the Rams plus the seven. The only way Green Bay covers this game is if Green Bay wins the turnover battle. Because if this game is played clean between the 20s, the Packers can't win this game by more than a field goal. It's humanly possible. Their defense isn't good enough. The Rams are going to be able to run the football. As long as Jared Goff doesn't make mistakes, you're going to need critical turnovers in this game to win this game. People are underestimating just how good this Rams defense is. Oh, they lost to the Jets. Their defense gave up 274 yards total offense. They had a block punt. They, had, they, had a, they fumbled a punt. They gave the Jets a short field. Um, I'm telling you, everybody I talk to is on Green Bay. Everybody's on Green Bay. And I just know this. I've watched Green Bay play all year long. They're not as good as everybody says they are. Are, are, are they good enough to get to the Super Bowl because they have home field advantage? Absolutely. But they are going to be in a war here because the Rams defense matches up well with them. Ramsey's going to take Devontae Adams. Aaron's going to have to go someplace else. He's got no Balaga. They're going to get pressure on him. They're going to jam their receivers, and they're coming after him. If you make Aaron hold on to that ball, he's going to be rolling his eyes and doing this and doing that because they're coming. And that Green Bay offensive line against this defensive line, advantage D-line of the Rams. Pressure equals problems. And um, I'm on the other side of the game. So good luck. If it's played clean, I got the cover. If golf turns it over, you're going to have you're, you're going to have yourself a win. But I can't go against number one defense in the NFL getting seven points. Aaron, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, 11-6-1 ATS in the postseason, 10-5-1 awesome. ATS with a week off. Awesome. With two huge losses at home in the playoffs. Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. Next. We move on to the other Saturday game, and that is Baltimore and Buffalo. And I think the smart decision is to take the points with Baltimore. I love what Buffalo has done, but I like the Ravens. I like the Ravens in a teaser. I like just giving points to this Baltimore team. They have shown, especially on the road, just how good they are. Lamar Jackson, 4-1 and one against the spread in his career as a road underdog. Uh, I think I've seen this, you know, I know the spread has dropped, but if you can get a field goal or even higher, maybe buy a hook for three and a half, Ravens is is, is the move here for me. Okay, so 13 months ago, um, Buffalo and Ravens played last year. And Buffalo held Lamar Jackson to 40 yards rushing. Um, I went on to you about how the Ravens had no right winning that game last week. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, the, the the Titans lost the game. Coaching and, and just terrible. Defense played well enough. Um, Lamar Jackson isn't Phillip Rivers. He, he's not, he's not going to go off the way he did against Tennessee. Just not. Not going to happen. So for me, I can't trust. I can't trust him. I'll force him. I'll force him to beat me again. 
Um, this probably isn't going to be the game I use on Saturday uh, on the website. Um, but I just feel like I'll force them to do it again. I will. I'll force. They blitz. They blitz more than any team in the NFL, 41%. And Josh Allen was the second best quarterback this year against the blitz. 17 touchdowns, including two last week. They're going to force Lamar Jackson to beat them in the pocket. And um, I don't think he can. I don't. Great run. I give you credit. You beat me last week, but I'll force you to beat me again. Let's go on to Sunday, as you and I are on different sides of Saturday. Let's see what we are both on on Sunday. Uh, I think this is the toughest game to cap, Casey and Cleveland. In my opinion, Kansas City should win. We know how good they are, but I just think it's too many points. Uh, Divisional road underdogs, 22-11-1 against number one seeds. And that's really not the angle here. The angle here is Kansas City. Brandon, do you realize Kansas City this season finished the year 1-7 against the spread in their last eight games? They have been playing too many one-possession games to, to, to this entire season. And there's this belief that they were just coasting through the regular season because, you know, they won the Super Bowl last year. They know what it takes to get to the playoffs. And that the playoffs is when they're really going to turn it on. Well, are they going to flip the switch and blow Cleveland out by two touchdowns? Or is this just who they are? When you play with fire too many times, eventually you're going to get burned. And are the Kansas City Chiefs just this one-possession team that doesn't blow anybody out and is literally 1-7 in seven against the spread in their final eight games? Ten points is a lot in an NFL playoff game. I, I, I think the smart play here is to take the points with the Browns. I think everybody's going to take the points with the Browns. I'm not touching this game, but here's my take. Since blowing out the Jets 35-9 week eight, you are correct. They didn't cover the 10 against Carolina. They needed a a, a two-minute drive to beat the Raiders on Sunday night. Then they went down to Tampa Bay and put together an incredible performance in the first half, blew the doors off the Bucks, and then they kind of went into a prevent and allowed Tom Brady to put up two fourth-quarter touchdowns where Tampa Bay sneaked in the back door. Off that win, they were lethargic against Denver. Would like to see Fangio go for it on fourth and two instead of punt, and then Mahomes went on a six-minute drive, and they kicked a field goal for the 22-16 win. Next week, they blew the doors off Miami but allowed a 28-second drive at the end of the game, and Dolphins kicked a field goal for the cover because they needed two scores. Um, They were impressive December 20th against that Saints defense. Breeze came back, said it was probably a week early. That was his first game back. They're laying two and a half. They're up by 10 late um, and then allowed Drew Breeze a backdoor. Then they struggled against Atlanta and got the win, um, and then they set their starters. They've given up the back door three times. Um, I think if you play Cleveland, you're going to need a back door. I'm not touching the game. One part of me says you have to take Cleveland plus the points. Based on what they did, and they can run the football. You have to. But the other side of me says I've seen Cleveland's defense give up 45 points to Lamar Jackson. And I just think if Mahomes and them get it going and Cleveland's forced to play from behind, it could get ugly. So I think I think the line makers trapping everybody into take Cleveland. I still think they're the right side, but sometimes you get on the right side of a game, hoping a team continues the trend of just playing lethargic, and every once in a while they show up and remind you who they are, 
and they destroy you. And look at last year's playoffs. You were up 24 nothing, and you were dancing in the streets, and they hung 50 up on the Texans. Just like that. Yeah. So you got to be careful when, when going with KC because if you get KC's best game on, on Sunday and they decide to show up and they decide to play, they'll blow the doors off Cleveland. There's nothing you can do about it. If they, if they don't handle their business early, if they don't come out focused and they let Cleveland hang around and this stays a one-possession game and Cleveland's able to run the football and play the clock a little bit, well, then it's going to be a game. So the first but, but half, ju- but you just mentioned, but you mentioned it. You mentioned it though. Back doors open, and yeah. when you're up by so much, right in a playoff game, this could be a two touchdown game. This could be a fourteen to sixteen point game late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and the Kansas City Chiefs are already thinking about hosting the AFC Championship game against who they're going to know who they're going to face because they're going to watch the game on Saturday. And they're already thinking, hey, let's go. We got the AFC title game here next week. Next thing you know, Baker Mayfield, with a minute left in the game, gets a meaningless touchdown. The onside kick's not going to happen because nobody recovers onside kicks anymore in the NFL. And Kansas City wins the game by nine or wins the game by ten. Just ten points is so much in an NFL playoff game, I think. And I think that's why it's just even if you think Kansas City's going to win, just take the points. Yeah, I, I just think that it's uh, again, it's the right side. So just kind of right. uh, well, kind of be careful there. Let, let's All go right. to the last game. Uh, it's very hard to beat a team three times in the same year. I think that this Tampa Bay Bucks team is a different team from what we saw against the Saints earlier in the year. You look at the Tampa Bay Bucks at the end of the season, right? And I know that they didn't face great opponents, but they still put together a pretty good end-of-the-season run, winning, what, four straight, five straight, and they're running the ball better. I think Leonard Fournette being the number one back instead of Ronald Jones has helped them. He's more of a bruising runner, puts a little hurt on the defense. Saints defense is so good. I think this game is going to be the best game of the weekend. I think this game comes down to a last-second field goal, whoever has the ball last. And in those situations, I'm going to take a field goal with the underdog. So I got the I got the Bucks. I, I bought a hook. I got Tampa plus three and a half because I think they're a live dog that can win outright. But I think that this game is just a, a coin flip too close to call. So I'll, I'll take the points in a coin flip. You're drinking the Kool-Aid, bro. I'm very disappointed in you that you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I really am. Okay. Because people want to talk about how great Tampa looks right now. After losing to the Saints team 38-3, being dominated as about as much as you can be dominated by one NFL, NFL team to another one, New Orleans scored four straight times in the first half on four straight touchdown drives, led 31 nothing at the half. In those four straight touchdown drives, they faced third down three times. Tom Brady in the offense was as bad. It was his worst game ever in the history of mankind on national TV. He looked like he should retire that day. But that's not where I would be concerned if I like Tampa Bay in this game. Tom Brady could be as bad as he needs to be in that game, and and that's fine. And their offense did nothing. But what people are losing sight of is that the Tampa Bay defense could not get a stop in this game until Sean Payton called off the dogs in the second half. And so what happens is what gets lost in the shuffle here, and and I've watched everybody all week long talk about this game, and all they're talking about 
is Tampa Bay and their offense and how good they are now. And Antonio Brown's there and they're different offensively and they're doing this. And they were, they were great against Minnesota 26, 14. You struggled in that game against Minnesota week 14. You struggled to get 26 points. Last time I checked, it was Christmas day. New Orleans hung up, probably could have hung up a 70 spot on that Minnesota defense. When Mike Zimmer said that's the worst defense I've ever been part of in my life. And Tampa struggled against that defense week 14. Then they play Atlanta and their defense still goes up 27. They played Detroit, who has no coaches, and then they play Atlanta again. So that's how they finished the season. So even as bad as Brady was in that Monday night game, their defense could not stop New Orleans. Michael Thomas had just come back, and Drew Brees went down the field on them every single play. It was embarrassing how bad Tampa Bay's defense is. So then you say, well, their defense has gotten a little better. Really? I just watched a guy last week named Taylor Heineke out of Division II Old Dominion off the practice squad throw for 305 yards with that wide receiving personnel. And now you want me to trust that defense coming in here again that could not stop the Saints in the first meeting of the year, could not stop the Saints in the second meeting of the year, and you want me to shove all in with a defensive coordinator who looks like Gary Coleman of different strokes. Fucking be my guest. Because I'm telling you, the game, this game, will be lost by Tampa Bay. Not with their offense that will do some things and have some moments. This game will be lost by their defense that can't fucking stop a nosebleed. So you go ahead and trust that defense. You go ahead and trust Todd Bowles. You go ahead and trust that defense whose secondary can't cover four fucking nuns in a wheelchair. Go ahead. Because if you watched the same game I watched last week, their secondary sucks. It's brutal. And Breeze and Sean Payton absolutely destroyed them on November 1st and called off the dogs when they could have put up 60 on that Monday night game. So go ahead. You and everybody else is drinking that fucking no-risk-it-no-biscuit fedora-wearing motherfucker. Go ahead. Okay? They're going to get fucking buried again. TB12 method, bro. <laughs> go. Go. It's, I'm not saying. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything about the matchup. Of you're, not, you're not. You're not. Tampa yeah, Bay's I offense I versus it. the Saints defense. It. Listen, Tampa Bay's going to have some moments. But they're going to find themselves down two scores in this game. And that D-line's going to pin their ears back. And they're going to come after them. And it's game over. Because they're not going to be able to consistently, consistently stay in this game. Because their defense is, their secondary is that bad. And that's where everybody's missing this game. Everybody. Not one single person I've watched all week long, ESPN and so on, has mentioned the matchup of the Saints offense versus the Tampa Bay defense. All it is is about Gronkowski and Evans and Godwin and Brown and Brady and they're great and they're, they're TB12. You can't be there three times. He got the supermodel wife. And they're going to come in here and put up 45 and they're just, yeah. If Tom Brady ran the 40-yard dash, he'd start today. It'd be February 12th before he got across <laughs> the 40-yard line, bro. He's a set and duck back there. They got to him in the first meeting. They got they they buried him in the first meeting, and then they just started throwing in the fourth quarter and made it closer than it was. They buried him in the second meeting where he couldn't do a damn thing. And you want me to think that with the same personnel, 
Tampa Bay didn't sign any more offensive linemen. It's the same five or six guys that are going to be looking across at the D-line of, of the Saints. It's the same secondaries. It's the, it's the same personnel. And you want me to buy in that things are going to be different. Well, you go ahead and buy in. I'm not. Saints will, Saints will win that game by, by double digits. The always entertaining Brandon Lang. There you go, buddy. <laughs> All right, brother. There it is. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. I'll be texting you when the Saints are up 17 in the fourth quarter going, oh, you don't listen, you don't listen, you don't listen. And I'm going to I'm gonna be texting you as Drew Brees is 11 of 13 for 178 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter going, well, well, Scott, where's your defense? Where's your defense, Scott? Where, where, where's your defense? Oh, another nun got open in her wheelchair. There she goes across the middle. And also, and and also with you. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, buddy. See you, buddy. <laughs> Later. There he is, <laughs> the one and only Brandon Lang. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Football Betting Show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out on the Believe Podcast Network and hit me up on Twitter at Scotts on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R, and check out BrandonLang.com for more picks. Uh, Thanks again for listening to the Football Betting Show. Good luck this weekend to all of you out there, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition as we get ready for Championship Sunday in the NFL. Good luck. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.